everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So. I hear that you've got mm-hmm. a trip coming up, Kelly. I do. A trip to see someone that we've uh-huh. talked about on this very podcast. Yep. A show that we have mentioned on this very mm-hmm. podcast. Can you share with our listeners where, where the hell are you going? So. My mom is turning a big milestone birthday. I won't give it away because she literally looks 20 years younger than she is. But mom, if you're listening, giddy up, get your bags packed because, (laughs) and you already know this, actually, I'm taking her and some of her gals to Lady Gaga in Vegas. It was her idea. Oh, my God. A woman after her own hearts. Right? You come back naturally. Right. So I shall take in all of the looks that Frederick has done for Lady Gaga. I may DM him just to see if he's around. I don't know. So I'll keep you posted. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, please share every gory detail with us. We're looking forward to it. Post like crazy. We want to see it. All right. And have a blast. Especially shout out to your mom. Happy birthday in advance. Happy birthday. live Live it up. Oh. We're going to Vegas, one of my least favorite places in the world, but we are going there. And it's only because of Gaga. The power, the power of Gaga. The pull. Uh, speaking of Gaga, no, no, there's, no, there's nothing else to say. Let's the pull, the pull. On last week's episode, we talked with the one and only Kevin Lutchman. Kevin is the award-winning London-based barber, stylist, photographer, renowned for his work, blending traditional barbering and high-end men's hairdressing. During his formative years, he sought out educational opportunities to further hone his craft and eventually rose through the ranks, earning the position of international art director for Tony and Guy, where he headed up their men's education division. His continuous learning and technical haircutting skills have led him to become a huge inspiration to the industry and a member of the Andis team. With Andis, Kevin has worked to add another installment to the Fluid series, Fluid Volume 3, and this step-by-step educational video collection showcases five versatile hairstyles, ranging from a low-tapered afro to a modern bowl mullet, all while providing detailed steps in guiding barbers and stylists through each of the looks using Anna's clippers and trimmers. You gotta listen to that episode, please, and then go over to Anna's.com and check out what we're talking about. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places, at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeupthetees.com. On this week's episode, we talked with Kaya Wright. Kaya, a multi-Emmy award-winning celebrity hairstylist and beauty authority, has created the industry's most sought-after hairstyles for celebrities such as Tyra, Jennifer Hudson, Halle Berry, Sierra, Gabrielle Union, Taraji Henson, Laverne Cox, and many more. When she's not creating the red carpet looks or styling the industry's top celebrities, her work can be found gracing the pages of magazine covers such as Vanity Fair, GQ, Elle, InStyle, Essence, and Vogue. After working with the best companies in town, she took a leap of faith and created her own line, Muse Hair. Kaya's Muse hairline is trusted by Hollywood's hottest celebrities and offers a collection of premium wigs, extensions, and products that provide instant beauty solutions to women across the globe. Now, her newest venture has been writing and releasing her book, From Beauty to Business, The Guaranteed Strategy to Building, Running, and Growing a Successful Beauty Business. And wow, has she done it. You guys cannot, <laughs> like, you, you don't even know what you're in for. Uh, and I'm excited for you because it was such a good combo. Uh, but before we get to that interview, 
we're going to talk about something that is especially relevant because, again, it is Earth Month. We've just missed Earth Day. Congrats to all of us for making it through another one, I guess. I don't know what we're supposed to say about that. But all the buzz, waterless products. So let's talk a little bit about waterless skincare. What are your thoughts? You know, someone recently told me that one of their favorite moisturizers they've used has actually been waterless. And I'm trying to think about, have I ever used any products like that? How about you? No, 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 no. I mean, so we're seeing it everywhere, right? Like hair, we're using shampoo and conditioner bars. Again, we talked about it actually with Kaya, that that's not necessarily universally relevant um, depending on hair texture, which is an important consideration for those people that are out there, product marketers, let's, let's talk. Um, But that it comes to skincare, I guess makes sense given the trend. I just don't know, like uh, the application, uh, there's something that's off about it for me. Although I certainly appreciate being more eco-minded in terms of coming to market. So there's that. I don't, I don't know if I would use it though, if I'm totally honest. You know, I think it's a stretch for me too, but won't it be interesting if in like five, 10 years, we look back on ourselves and go, wait, why weren't we using this? I mean, that our behavior will change so significantly and this will just be the new norm. Like, like many things. I mean, I had to explain to my kids that indeed I did not have a flip phone when I was 12 because phones didn't come out until I was in college. So just the shift in behavior of the new normal, what I did like in here, which i made me think about is some companies have introduced dissolvable packaging and Mm -hmm. that I think is absolutely brilliant. Yes. I think that I could probably get around that easier than I could really these like skincare bars. Although, I mean, for me, and this is just my crazy brain, part of what I like about skincare specifically when it is a sort of more liquid application is like the cooling effect. Like I like that. And the idea of like warming up a ball, I just, (laughs) there's something that I'm, I'm struggling with, but again, to your point, I feel like in five years, we're going to be like, what the hell? Of course, why would you use water? It's a precious commodity. We understand that. Like we're, (laughs) we've got, it's just going to take a minute. So kudos to these companies for being ahead of the curve. We need innovation like this. And we're going to be slow adapters, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Great. All right. Well, talking about things that people should be fast adapting to, thetease.com. Get over to thetease.com. If you're not there visiting, you should really get on that. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, the article... Matrix's 4D foliage is the new color technique that your blonde clients will love. Love high contrast blonding, but don't want to risk harming your client's precious locks. We've been there. Uh, The Matrix's new color technique just might be the solution that you've been searching for. Meet 4D foliage, dreamed up by Matrix brand ambassador and celebrity hairstylist George Papanicholas. 4D foliage is a blonding technique focused on maximizing dimension in minimal time and with minimal damage. Through a combination of balayage, foils, and pre-bonded formulas, stylists are able to not only achieve a greater lift, but also beautifully blended dimension, even on clients with darker hair colors to start. And here's the best part. It's all achievable in four easy steps. We love breaking it down. So go to the tease com for more on this entire thing for Matrix. Kudos to the team. Again, we love product innovation. Which brings me to my question. You've recently gone to the dark side. This is mostly an audio medium. I understand that. But if you're on our YouTube, you will see that Kelly's got dark hair right now. 
are you thinking of blonding for spring and summer? Maybe with 4D foliage. Please let us all know. You know, the answer is I had a pandemic hair crisis and thought perhaps I would look better blonde. (laughs) And I think the survey results were in that I did not. And I went all the way back to my 5N. Mm -hmm. Maybe not by... Maybe on purpose, <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I am not going back to any sort of foliage, although I do appreciate and know George Papa Nicholas, who created this method. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant, but I, unlike most consumers, am going completely opposite of the trend. <laughs> You're really leaning into the expensive brunette. I, I know it's all, it's, I all good. it's just I was curious. Because, yeah. We saw, we saw the transformation. You were going lighter yeah. and lighter. Light, and light, then all light. of a sudden we went, we did a 180. And yeah. now I was thinking maybe you'd do another one. I don't know. All right. So the verdict's in Kelly's not going blonde, but you could. <laughs> um, and if your clients are interested, they, you know, you should check out the article in thetease.com. Another article in thetease.com that I think you guys should know about is the title, Andis revealed a massive barber-themed mural in Venice Beach. So check it out. Look, after debuting their first barber-themed mural in Atlanta back in January, Andis Company is back again with a brand new collaborative art installation, this time situated in the colorful beach city of Venice, California. Designed and hand-painted by the talented team at Mural Arts and Consulting, this one-of-a-kind mural is a colorful depiction of creativity and playfulness that highlights the brand's barbering heritage. At the center of the artwork, literally no surprise, guys, is Andis's iconic gold master cordless clipper, along with its create your way tagline. Head to the tease.com for more, including pics and video from the mural. The big question, Kelly, what would it take for you to get out to Venice? Would it be this mural? I would certainly swing by if mm, I were, if you were there. In town. <laughs> because I think it's going to make a great, I mean, it's super cool, right? It is I very mean, cool. The artist was amazing. I love that they gave back to the community as well and really just kind of pushed the envelope. They're pushing the Andis name out there as their 100-year anniversary. So I got to say kudos to the brand and the redesign of their products are absolutely gorgeous. Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I like that. That non-answer to get out to Venice. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, go to the tease.com, read the article, check it out. And if you're in town and you go to the mural, let us know. Send us an email. Yes. All right, last thing that I think that you guys should know about on the tease.com is something exciting if you're a fan of this brand. Miel Organics is coming to an Ulta beauty store near you. Major news for hair lovers everywhere. Miel Organics, the award-winning multicultural hair care brand behind some of your favorite all-natural hair products, has officially launched in Ulta Beauty on the website and in-store beginning this month. Now, Ulster shoppers will be able to snag eight of Miel Organic's bestsellers from their Essentials Collection and Pomegranate and Honey Collection, which range in price from $12.99 to $14.99. Head to thetees.com for more on all of that. We break down every single product that is available. We'd love to see it. This is a big deal for folks that don't have, you know, straight hair, which is, again, the majority of the population. We talked about this a bunch on the podcast. Uh, so this brings me to a question that I've got for you because I've got one that I get. Oh, Um, what is the one product that you go to an Ulta for? Wow. Is there one? I just feel like, you know, there's always like a a product that we're like, we got to go to a specialty store for. Is there something at Ulta that you're searching out? Yes. So what I get at Ulta 
and my shade is always sold out online <laughs> as well. Like, I don't get it. Like, but it's just one of like the 30 <laughs> happens to be the nude shade. Um, it is the hourglass illusion um, skin tint, which is the foundation that I use. And it's like butter, a velvety finish. I love it. It's a little higher price point, but once you find your match, you can't go back. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I've thought Makes- about buying like five or six of them at a time mm-hmm. because what if they stop making the nude color? It's for a real you. danger. <laughs> it's a real, no, I mean, I, I relate to needing to stock up on things because of the fear that they're not going to be there. Yes. Um, I don't identify with that specific product mm-hmm. that you're talking about, but I'd love to hear that there's something that you're searching out also. Uh, so go, yeah, go to the tease.com. Check out that article. Shout out to Neil Organics. Good for them. We'd love to see it. As always, there's so much going on at the tease.com. So thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon posts and consumers care about. Next up, our interview with the amazingly talented Kaya Wright. Kaya Wright is one of the most sought-after hairstylists in the entertainment industry. Kaya, a multi-Emmy award-winning celebrity hairstylist and beauty authority, has created the industry's most sought-after hairstyles for celebrities such as Tyra Banks, Jennifer Hudson, Halle Berry, Sierra, Gabrielle Union, Taraji P. Henson, Laverne Cox, Deborah Cox, literally everyone. (laughs) When Kaya is not creating the hottest red carpet looks or serving the industry's top celebrities, her work can be found gracing the pages of magazine covers such as Vanity Fair, GQ, Elle, InStyle, Essence, and Vogue. After working with the best companies in town, Kaya took a leap of faith and created her own line, Muse Hair. Kaya's Muse hairline is trusted by Hollywood's hottest celebrities and offers a collection of premium wigs, extensions, and products that provide instant beauty solutions to women across the globe. Now her newest venture has been writing and releasing her new book, From Beauty to Business, The Guaranteed Strategy to Building, Running, and Growing a Successful Beauty Business. Kaya, welcome to the Volume Up Podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Wow, that was a really good bio, Kaya, right? Uh-huh. I mean, check the IMDb credits. Like, we are not messing around here. Wow, uh, Kaya- really cool. <laughs> we are thrilled. I've, I've read the new bio. Wow. Uh- <laughs> I'm excited you- for myself. <laughs> You're a big deal. We're definitely excited to have you. So, Kaya, for those who have been living under a rock and don't know your story, tell us a little bit about how you got into beauty. Did you always think you were going to do hair? I don't even know if... Okay. <sighs> Did I think I was going to be in the beauty industry? I was 14 years old. Literally, my mom, she would say, do my eyebrows. And she would lay across my lap and I would pluck her eyebrows. I think that was like the beginning of it. And even when she would send me to my grandmother's to like get away and go do something with, with yourself and help out and go to work. She would send me to my grandmother's salon, the right salon. That was probably like a mile down the road. And I would just kind of assist her. She was like an older woman. She did uh, granny curls and crocodile curls and roller sets and things like that. And I would just help out, but never thinking or dreaming that I would become a celebrity hairstylist at all. So I don't even know how I got in it. I think it was just hustling. I was just hustling, trying to make money. (laughs) That's fair. That's honest. We love that. Uh, So describe your own relationship to hair and beauty. Uh, Do you feel like you've changed things over time doing this professionally? Um, How has the relationship evolved? My relationship with beauty is, I think it's personal uh, as well. I know that 
how you look is definitely an emotional connection to how you feel. So if you don't, if you don't look good, you probably don't feel good. You know what I mean? Because it's so emotionally connected. So for me, I try to set the example when Mm. I walk out the house every day, you know, how I wake up with my meditation or whatever sets the tone for the day is how I walk outside. So Mm. I don't care that I'm going to the salon. I'm going to dress up because when those women see me, they respect me differently. They (laughs) perceive me differently. They they digest everything so differently. So when I'm recommending a hairstyle color added services, all the things that help you as a stylist, but also more so help the client to look better, feel better, give them that instantly beautiful, you know, feeling. That is really my goal. So the relationship, I think, starts with me and my own personal passion to feel and just look my best self, you know? Uh, well, and your best self, you're looking today. Thank you so much for for joining us and talking about all of the work that you've been up to these past years. Uh, look, Kaya, you mentioned at the top celebrity hairstyles. You didn't dream that it would be a thing, but you are. And you've worked with so many incredible women um, across the spectrum of, of entertainment. So talk to us a little bit about how that happened. I mean, it, it is one thing to be a professional stylist. It is quite another to make the leap to celebrity hairstyling. So how did this come to be? Who were your first clients? Talk to us about that. I think it started with a simple, not even a simple, just a you know, not even knowing that I manifested this. I was watching a, I was probably like 14. And I just remember watching um, a television show, the Grammys. And then I saw Anita Baker and I saw Madonna win a Grammy. And I just remember them saying something like, and I want to thank my hair and Madonna saying, I want to thank my hair and makeup team because without them, this could not be possible. And I thought to myself, I'm 14. I'm like, wow, this could actually be a career Oh, this could be like, I could make money. I could be with the Hollywood stars. I was like, whoa, this is the beginning. And I think that really set upon my consciousness. Like it it really sort of guided my life, you know? And then my mom passes away. She puts me to hair school and it was $150. We bought a kit and that was literally the beginning of my journey. And I started out and my celebrities were the drug dealer girlfriends Mm. I wanted to do hair for the popular girls. Yep. And those girls in Washington, D.C. at the time, if I'm honest, were yeah. the popular girls. And I was like, you know, I, you know, I just remember going into a salon and seeing these girls. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do their hair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that really is how it started. And then from there, just sort of hanging out. I met Puffy. Uh, he was mm-hmm. doing the Howard. He was doing parties, all that great stuff. And. And, and he was hanging out with me and my friends. Uh, and he was like, you know, I was going, I started going back and forth to New York. And he was like, you know what? I want you to work with my artist and I want you to do their hair. And I just remember doing trial runs with Mary J. Blige, Faith Evan, from there going on road, going on the tour. I started in the bad boy days. So I call them the Diddy years because those years were iconic. Okay. We're coming out of like, you know, run DMC years and now we're into the bad boy, bad boy, you know, that mantra just stuck in our heads. And I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought, you know what I mean? And these times just really set the, the tone and the template for the career that I was to have coming after that, you know, and from there, it just sort of spiraled. You know, I started working with artists. I started touring. I toured for 12 years of my career. I lived on the road. I lived out of a suitcase 
all of these things really helped me in my life when I think back about it. Helped me with speed, mm-hmm. timing, getting being ready myself personally from morning to night because we would go to the radio shows in the morning, mm-hmm. Ed Lover, mm-hmm. Angie Martinez, all of them girls to the club at night. So Oof. I would be ready from day to night, still cute because, you know, the music world and Puff yep. and all that great stuff. So we had to be cute. We had to be right. And my responsibilities was making sure I took care of the artist. So that's really how I started. But I was also a salon artist at heart mm-hmm. because when the road wasn't popping, I had to still make money. Yep. So I had to maintain this clientele at the salon, but also being on the road. And, and everybody told me, you can't do it. You, you're going to lose clients. Da, da, da. And for some reason, I maintained all of these years being a salon stylist and being a celebrity stylist. And then my career just evolved from New York mm-hmm. to LA. Incredible. Well, and it doesn't happen by chance. I mean, you made that happen for sure. And we know that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But in the celebrity realm, and you just name dropped some of the most iconic figures in music, period, end of story. I mean, just, the Diddy years, like so formative, like the shiny suits, the sunglasses, those, those, I mean, like, and again, and it's all back, which is the craziest thing. So, I mean, like you having had your hand in it the first go round, seeing it come around the second time has got to be crazy. But <laughs> talk to us about a favorite celebrity hairstyling moment. Like what are the things, I mean, you talked a, a, about a few of them, um, but what are the things that like go down in your book, which is very long of Kaya's hairstyling with celebs that you were just like, that's the one that style. Oh my God. Like it's what everybody asks for. It's what I'm most proud of. You know what? I don't even think that it was, I think I probably was one of the first girls that was doing beach waves for black mm-hmm. people. Well, of course, mm-hmm. the white doing the beach yep. waves, their style. But with black hair, we always want our hair to last. So we was mm-hmm. doing harder, more, a little more set, a little more crunch, a little bit mm-hmm. more. When I moved to Los Angeles, everything changed. So for me, it was like era to era. Mm-hmm. You know, like the 90s, 2000s, because I was probably like late 90s, early 2000s, to moving to Los Angeles, which was different for me. It was a whole different, if I could just grab on the moments versus mm-hmm. the styling. Yeah, love it. You know, the transition was great because mm-hmm. I'm all about growing, transitioning, learning, stepping up my game. So from New York, D.C. was humidity hair, relaxers, mm-hmm. you know, crutch curls, more set curls, da, 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 you know, to moving to L.A. was more about um, hair blowing in the wind, color, you know, um, doing better extensions, all of these great things. Cause a lot of the girls was doing a little more natural or glue in tracks and things like that. So just being able to transition my look really for me on a broader scale was more fascinating and more, more rewarding. You know what I mean? Because now I'm able to keep up with the trends. I'm doing television. You can't be doing crunch curls on TV. Curls gotta be brushed out and mm-hmm. softer, movable and, and everyday feeling, you know what I mean? So transitioning my personal style for me was iconic. If I could think of a look, I mm. Tyra, Tyra for, I think it was the Emmys. And she did like this beautiful updo that we wore for three days. Then she transitioned to, to the, to the TV show. It slept mm-hmm. up like this <laughs> and wore that look. So I think that was probably one iconic look that I was really excited about. Uh. I know exactly which one you're talking about. We'll add it. I look online. I look for updos. That hairdo is everywhere. Tyra Banks over the shoulder, mm-hmm. hoop with a bun on the side. It's everywhere. Like so, that probably for me was one iconic look. That was kind of understated, but it was like everywhere. 
everywhere. No, truly. Like, I mean, I, that's the thrill of being able to talk with you is that you are the architect of so many of these really iconic looks throughout the years um, and that are all being referenced right now, which is, again, I, I've got to say, like, I would imagine hugely flattering. Um, so what are some of your go-to looks? So like when you're talking with celebs, are there certain things that you know with different clients, like they're not going to want to change it up too much. There's like, they're safe in this color story. They like this texture. Um, what are the things that you sort of go to when you're working with celebs over the years? Because you've got a lot of long time repeat. I do. I do. I do. And that's really the one of the good things too is that, you know, I've worked with really big clients. Mm-hmm. Those clients, like the Tyras, the Jennifer Hudsons, even mm-hmm. Sarah has, you know, maintained a really long-term career. Mm-hmm. A lot of these girls that I work with, it's like, it's awesome to still be in their lives and to evolve them and their look. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just about, my go-to is just, um, you know, staying on in trend. You know what I mean? That's one. And you know your girl. So the most um, thing that I think for me in my portal, I've been known for just evolving a lot of the brown girls into the color world. Because color is not something that a lot of the Black community was really into. The science, the colors, that's kind of new. So like meaning new over the last like five years. It's not like we didn't Mm -hmm. do color, but it just wasn't as popular. Mm -hmm. So color is like really my go-to for the extensions, the wigs. Sierra, all her wigs are mine. So we do a lot of beautiful colors Mm -hmm. and introducing colors. So sometimes like with a Jennifer Hudson, she may can't because she's a television actress and a singer, but television is more of her um, uh, prominent role in her career, you know, she can't go too over the top crazy. Yes, she'll cut it all off. We'll put weeds in, but mm-hmm. she will not go too bright and too far off with the colors. So color, I would say, is probably something that people know me for now. Wigs, extensions, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, instant beauty solutions. I call them instant beauty solutions. It's instant. And we're going to get into all of those in a minute. So don't you worry. Uh, I know that our audience is interested in hearing about the book in particular. Um, let's really just, before we move on to some of these other things, in, in the realm of entertainment, you've won two Emmy Awards, which is insane. I mean, this is not something that happens every day. Um, but again, you're not someone who's just anyone. Uh, so Kaya, tell me what that was like. When you got the nomination the first go-round, um, what were your thoughts? Did you, did you imagine that this would be something that would be in front of you? Did you manifest this, do you think? So, like I said, when I saw her, those women up on that stage giving that award, I just was like, wow, in my head, like I'm like 14. I'm like, wow, you can get acknowledgement for doing hair. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because for me, it was always natural. You know what I mean? Like I said, I started out plucking my mom's eyebrows and doing her hair. You know what I mean? Before she passed, maybe like a few times before she passed. And I never thought that hairstyling could be a career. That's number one, because it was a hobby. It was so natural. It was just something I did at the house, my friends, sneaking people in a whole bit. It wasn't anything that I could see even going this far Mm -hmm. and even being this relevant this long. You know what I mean? So um, it was... Even the night I won, I I just remember going to the ceremony and I just remember like asking my sister, hey, would you come with me? She came with me. Um, She flew in town from D.C. She came with me. And I just remember looking for an outfit that day. And I was just like, oh, let me find an outfit. And 
you know, in my life, I've always had these um, these huge moments, but I'm so busy in the busy of trying of being busy and what's next, what's next. And I sometimes don't digest where I'm currently at. So I'm going to get the outfit. Something says, you know what? You might want to write a little something just in case, because yeah. don't they write a little something? Don't they? Oh, I probably should thank the Academy too, right? Oh, and Tyra. Shoot. Okay, cool. Go to the award. I just remember, you know, sitting in my seat and remember the, the hair and makeup and beauty and the guild, that whole world. Mm-hmm. They never show that on television. Right. Ever. So, you know, you go to the ceremony, it's a little boring dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's there and it's dark. Um, and I just remember sitting in the seat, took a dose. Oh, dose no. Kaya, Kaya, no. And my sister said, Kaya, and the winner is Tyra Banks show, Kaya Wright. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I actually won. I grabbed my paper and I'm like, Oh my God, let me go back. I actually went back to get the paper. I'm like, shit, I wrote something. And I went up on the stage. I don't even think I read the paper. I just was like, oh my God. I just, all I remember, you got to say, you got to thank the Academy. I don't even know who to thank, how to thank. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank the Academy and Tyra Banks for, and I just couldn't even believe it. And I was like, wow, I actually won. And then mm-hmm. I want to get the next year, you know, mm-hmm. and around that time was the time I had sort of decided that I was done with television. I was just mm-hmm. bored with it and I was just way too creative. And then I won again. Mm-hmm. I, was, I shared the award. I stayed half the season and I shared the award with another um, young man who is also really, you know, really good. And um, and that was that, you know, so. That was the moment. <laughs> that was the moment. Uh, and incredible. And so congratulations. I mean, all of these years later, it's still such an accomplishment. Um, do you think that there's maybe another Emmy win in you? Uh, maybe an Oscar? Are we going to make it an EGOT? What are we thinking? I love to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. That would really be good. I just have to get motivated to want to be on a show really long. Like, of course, never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's uh, Jennifer Hudson has a TV show coming out. I'm mm-hmm. Michelle. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I could mm-hmm. me, but an Oscar would really be great because I've never won an Oscar. Yes. I have a Hollywood Beauty Award, a Golden Scissor Award from DC, my mm-hmm. hometown, and then I have two Emmys. So if I could win an Oscar, that would actually be great. I have not put that on my bucket list, but. Well, we're, we're going to manifest it for you here on this podcast. Uh, So thinking of other things that you've done in your career, I mean, television, celebrity hairstyling aside, you also (laughs) created your own product line. So like, I don't know when you sleep. Um, Let's talk about Muse hair. Like just how did this come to be? Um, I'd love to hear about it. uh, And I know that our audience is going to be really curious to see. So when you work in the business for as long as I have, like I said, I'm 28, 30 years in this business. What's next? You know what I mean? Like how long can you run, you know, after working on celebrities? Of course, wonderful. It's a wonderful life. Well-traveled, meeting new people. It's exciting creativity to whole bit. But what's next? When you're getting older, your legs are tired. You're like, oh, products. Products are like the only thing that's sort of is tangible, yep. lucrative, solution based. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that really was the next move for me, you know, and and and, and but I was in a Procter and Gamble uh, exclusive deal for 13 years. People I was going to say you sure were. <laughs> 
people really didn't know because I wasn't when I just signed on to PNG, Twitter and Instagram probably had just started. Yep. So I didn't get to brag about the Emmy. I didn't mm-hmm. get to brag about any of these things. Yep. It was just another day of work as usual. Mm-hmm. So as the years grew on, my relationship with Proctor Gamble sort of expanded to a Pantene, the whole bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, my deal just ended after COVID. I got another deal right during COVID. And after that, I had decided, even before that, I was like, you know what? I got to focus on my own brand. Uh-huh. But when you're constantly getting checks, and they weren't little checks, they weren't just yep. like one-offs. They yep. were <laughs> good checks that I don't think that they even do those type of deals anymore. Even my agent was like, hey, they don't even do these type of deals where you make this much money. So I was like, it was very hard to turn down that money during, sure. I, I've lived through probably three major disasters, September 11th, COVID-19, and a recession in 2007. Mm-hmm. So when you have to think about how you're going to survive and try to live on the road and be with this artist, you know, you got to think about those things. So I continue to take the deal and be on the road because how are you going to run a product line if you can't be there to do right. the, product, the development, to test the product, to, to really devote the time, test it on real hair. You have to be there. So you have to make a decision. Do you want to mm-hmm. be on the road with the celebrities? Because, you know, you're at the height of Tyra Banks' career. She got top model and a TV show. Uh-huh. Then you go with Jennifer Hudson. You got her from Dream Girls all the way to now. Where mm-hmm. do you go? So do I leave or do I stay? And I chose to stay with the artist because it was more familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't understand products and things like that. You know what I mean? So that's actually why I went to work at Warren Tracomi, a white salon, because I wanted to understand products. So I was in class. Mm. And I think that, you know, I was probably I thought I was, you know, I was doing products, but I really moved more into an organic space, which was hair extensions and wigs. Mm. I finally spilled off. And I did that because it also wasn't competitive with Procter and Gamble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sharing all this because this is what artists kind of need to understand when they're absolutely or why didn't she do it sooner? And da, 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 because there's so many layers and everybody's timing is timing. You know what I mean? So that's sort of um, how I got into the extensions and wigs and um, that sort of part of the business. And then I started out with a hairspray originally because it was the only product that wouldn't be competitive to the products from Procter and Gamble. So um, it was really a natural sort of rolling because everybody needs hair. Mm-hmm. We're not using our own hair. <laughs> but especially now, I mean, you are largely responsible for popularizing, changing things up in this dramatic yeah. way. And so like, it's a natural yeah. extension of your yeah. own brand lace that you have. Wigs, especially I was on lace front wigs with Tyra uh-huh. probably 15 years ago. Tyra was first, I would say 18 years, really. So real talk. No, real talk. I mean, let's be real. Like people were not doing this in the same way that they are not. You again largely paved the way for a lot of what is come and is sort exactly. of every day, but it wasn't every day oh, yeah, 18 years ago. Exactly. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 fade. <laughs> so talk to us about how this came to be. I mean, so you're you're waiting, you're biding your time, you decide ultimately you're gonna make this move, you're gonna do the line. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Like, how did you come up with the name, the branding, the sourcing of them? Like, talk to us about all of it. So 
When I came up with Muse Hair, I wanted colors that felt mystical and rich. Mm. So I thought of Tiffany. When a woman gets a box of Tiffany's, how does she feel? She feels happy, blessed, fortunate, um, uh, grateful. Like, oh my God, this is a prize. Like, this is everything. So I wanted my product to feel like that. Um, the bags, the boxes. And when your woman gets a, a piece of hair, she's like, this is like a gift. It really mm -hmm. change your hair, change your life. Mm -hmm. So that was one. And um, and your muse is the person that inspires you. I inspire you. You inspire me. So that's where muse came from. And so I just called it muse hair. And I wanted it to be this beautiful Tiffany blue color. And um, and I just worked on logos and and taglines for years like years, you know, I started to, to run out with this whole line so many times, but again, I just kept signing deals. So I just started out with hairspray and I just really focused on the extensions and wigs mm -hmm. and packaging and branding on myself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're with a celebrity for so long, you can't really even focus on you. Right. At least those weren't the days. Now the days have changed. It mm -hmm. has transitioned from the celebrity to the stylist. So now things I've gone through so many eras, you know? <laughs> so many eras. So we are very excited about this era in particular. Talk to us about like, what is the thing that you least expected about this? I mean, like you, you talked about, again, you started with the hairspray, which made sense. It was a non-compete. You moved into the extensions and the wigs. Like what has surprised you the most about having this brand? I would say what has surprised me the most is... I was able to sort of make it through COVID with the brand. I was surprised hey. buying hair when they had to be at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. at home, but people like my hair brand still helped me survive. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we were able mm. to hair for 10 months. You know, you still got to survive. So that surprised me that hair extensions and wigs could really carry me over through hard times. Mm. I mean, that people still cared about being beautiful and that they actually still needed hair maintenance products to go virtual. So I was still like promoting their product line and my product line and mm. virtual consultations and things like that, you know, it surprised me that I'm still relevant. You know what I mean? That's a surprise to me. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like, it's a lot of people that get a little old school. They, you know, you know, like it's people still around, but they a little dated. You know what I mean? So that's a surprise. You know what I mean? It's a it's a good surprise. And it's an aimed for surprise, too. I aimed, mm. you know, in this space. You know what I mean? So I know mm -hmm. I didn't get here. I, I aimed for it. So it's still a surprise, you know? Ugh. Well, talk to us a little bit about what is next for Muse. I mean, again, the, the lines expanded. Um, the product is incredible. So wigs, extensions, spray, like all sorts of things. What's in the future? What can we expect now that we're sort of inching past COVID, maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed? Yeah. So, yeah, we can't. We can't. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so what's next for me is actually to expand on the Muse hairline. That's really what I, I, my goal has always been to become the Paul Mitchell of textured hair care. Paul Mitchell, Frederick Fakai, Orbay, all of these guys are iconic, you know, hair gurus. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, well, Paul Mitchell wasn't a hairstylist, he was a businessman, but that's really, when I say Paul Mitchell, that's some of the things that I love about Paul Mitchell. He's a businessman mm -hmm. and, you know, there was a hairstylist, but he passed away, but I would love to take a brand 
into that level where we could start out with this Mastige brand that's global all across the world as and a hairstylist leads it, not a corporation or a mm-hmm. model person, actual like a black woman who is responsible for curly, kinky, textured, wavy hair in all textures. That's really my goal. And to expand more on the business of beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a beautiful segue, Kaya. Let's talk about the book. Because somehow in between celebrity hairstyling, COVID, all of that insanity, building up this brand, you decided to go and write a book. So let's talk about it. Someone said to me, you should do a book. And that's kind of how I even, I started doing it. I started doing so many things with people just mm-hmm. kind of throwing it out there. I'll be in the water. I'll be in the water so deep that I, I don't even think about it. And then someone mentioned, I was like, maybe I should. Then I mm-hmm. run into a woman who wrote the book with me. Her name is Shirley Neal. She um, was a client of mine. She used to uh, be a run the Africa channel and, and producer and that sort of bit. So then she started to become an author. And mm-hmm. I ran into her in the store with the lady from Ancestry.com. And she was like, oh, um, you know, she, they were talking about writing her book. And she just mm-hmm. started talking. And, and that was really it. And she start, we started out with like sort of like a biography of my life. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I was like, I don't want a biography of my life yet because no one cares. Not yet. Uh, oh, that- care yet. Kaya, I- people care. Let's uh, be real. If you're not a millionaire, billionaire, they don't care. You know, I made millions, but, you know, <laughs> but they really don't care. So I decided to, you know, delve in and we just started the process and she started to give me basically a whole template of my life. I gave her all my journals and she just wrote my life. And I said, now I need you to add the business. So throughout the book, you'll see a lot of my life circumstances that then led to business moves, you know, or business fails, you know, like Mm -hmm. taxes was a big thing because I was making so much money when I first started. I'm like 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Who was paying taxes? I didn't know nothing about that. I didn't yep. have financial literacy in my family or mm-hmm. barely anybody even went to college. So I just was making all this money, putting in a savings account, but really not understanding how to, and just hitting the road, hitting the road all the time. So there were so many things about business that I just didn't understand. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I do is give business entrepreneurs, beauty estheticians, makeup gurus, lash, you know, I mean, makeup estheticians, lash gurus. I <laughs> want Instagram hairstylists. I wanted to give everyone a template, how to get started, be inspired. Mm-hmm. Do you have the entrepreneurial DNA to even do this? You know what I mean? Like, it's not just about this one product. It's about, or this one thing. It's about the long-term goals. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to give this audience and my peers something to think about as it related to the long-term. And I wanted to give you resources. So in this Mm -hmm. book, QR codes, which has never really been done in the beauty space. So when you read it, I want you to pull out your phone and get catch some of those videos. If you need to know, what is a 941? What's a W2? What's the difference? What's a 1099? What's mm-hmm. a W4? Like, what are these things? Literally up until like my late 20s, early 30s is when I even got a better understanding of what that even meant. So, you know, there were so many resources that, 
I did not have growing up, mm-hmm. did not have a, a real mentor. And I feel like every stylist needs a mentor. Like a lot of stylists now, the world of um, hairstyling and hair salons, it's really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about salon suites, which means they go from straight from the school straight to the suites. Mm-hmm. How do you learn? How do you grow if you don't have peers to learn from, to grow, be inspired by, learn? I wanted to learn. I went to work mm-hmm. in a white salon after working in black salons my entire career because I wanted to learn about products. I want to know what works better on your hair that's not full of grease and oil because in our world of, you know, hair and textured hair, we really focus on a lot of hydration, oil, you know, things like that. But I wanted to learn more. I wanted to broaden my, you know, portfolio as it related to hair and textures. So I went to work at Warren Chaconi so that I could grow. So there I grew. I worked in the salon. I did booth rent. I had never, I had not Mm. done in years. But my why, but why could I do booth rent? Because my prices were higher. I was in a, I was in the, the I was I was right at the corner of uh, Melrose Place, across mm. from Vivian Westwood, Diesel, uh, a, a Dash, uh, the Kardashian store. I was right there on Melrose where everything was. So I elevated my clientele, my environment. I elevated everything by working at that salon. By taking a chance, being uncomfortable in my environment, being the only black girl there. And I killed it, killed it. I, I By the time I left, I ran that salon for the most part because I had three chairs in the back. Everybody was very respectful. It was a family environment, especially for me. I love working with peers and other stylists. Things like that, because it helps you grow. I learned a lot about color and I ended up staying there for 13 years. So I learned so much, you know what I mean? So that's where I learned a lot from the owner of that salon. He became a mentor to me, you know, and um, he taught me so much. And I'm bringing this black clientele into this white salon. It never it, it's not had it never been done, but it's it wasn't very common, especially here in Los Angeles. Yeah, unfortunately, the industry does continue to be yes, too too segregated. Yep, and there are people like you that are breaking down those boundaries, but there's so much more work to be done. And to your point, not everybody's got a mentor, but everybody can access this book and get the pro tips, get all of this insight and feedback um, that you've been, you know, imparted with. Uh, So let's plug it. Where can people get the book? We are obviously going to link out to it in our show notes so that people can get to it real quick, but like, let's drop some links. Yeah. So first off, you should totally follow me in my page. I'm giving you some awesome jewels right now on my Mm -hmm. Instagram. So I'm Kaya Wright, number one, that's on Instagram. And you can also just Check if you are a Facebook person, you can go over to Facebook. It's Muse Hair, M-U-Z with a Z, Hair um, by Kaya Wright on Facebook. And um, I also have Muse Hair has its own page, which is called Muse Hair Beauty. So follow me and be sure to get the book. It's all in the link on my Hoobie page. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and a- Hoobie, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it happen, y'all. All right, let's, before we wrap here today, um, and we've covered so much ground, but we're going to cover just a little bit more with our quick takes. These are the things that we are asking of all of our guests every single time. The first question that we've got, quote that you love. What is a quote that Kaya lives by? Um, if it ain't Kaya, it ain't right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said that to me and I just, it's so funny. I always have to think. Um, a quote, man, I should have thought about this and I actually did, but I have so many. Um, 
My quote is always, and it's, it's so cliche, but it's so good. Change your hair, change your life. Mm. Because I already know when you change your hair, I know when I change your hair, I change your life. And I know this because when my clients leave, we get, they give me a hug. They're so happy and they reschedule. <laughs> so change Which is the best compliment. Change your life. It is. Amazing. All right. What is the last thing that you Googled? Um, probably I am totally stalking Zillow and um, what's the other one? Redfin. I'm looking for mm-hmm. well, like Kaya. I'm obsessed all day looking at homes on Zillow and Redfin. <laughs> relatable, relatable content. Let's be real. We all are looking. Um, what look, we, we talked about your different eras. There was the Diddy years, there was the LA Tyra show. There's the current, we're doing so much. What is the cringiest hair trend that you've tried? Mm. Or do you love them all? In which case there is nothing to cringe over. Oh, no. I remember okay. one that was a cringe and it was when I was working with Tyra and we would work on Top Model. Mm-hmm. And when we work on Top Model, the looks from Top Model sometimes didn't transition to the daytime show. And the mm-hmm. reason we would do this was because Tyra would be so tired. She would be editing the top model show for hours at night that, so that in the morning we would have to be up at five o'clock in the morning for the talk show. So Oof. some days, which is why she was sleep in her looks. Mm-hmm. And this one particular look, honey, was these two balls and then one here on the side. And this look was so crazy for daytime television that the TV show, they had gotten so many comments on this look that they decided to do an episode. And they came in the room and said, Kai, are you okay with us doing an episode? We got ah. a, stack, a stack like this of how many people hated her hair. Or they talked about it, laughed at it, whatever, whatever. And it was, it was, it was, but how they played it was really cool. They talked about this look being so crazy, but I got to explain what it was about. And then they let me feature other new hairstyles on the episode. Mm. That was, that was so crazy that they let me sort of make up for it. (laughs) It was crazy. It was like these two balls, but it was so cute. Oh, well, I mean, but you turned it into something else. You took the opportunity. So, you know, shout out. All right. Shampoo bars. They're making a big move all of a sudden. We're getting rid of plastic packaging. Is it a yes or a no? Are you going to rock with the shampoo bar? What does that mean? Like straight up, like a a soap bar, but it's shampoo and now conditioner. People are doing, getting rid of all plastics, shampoo, bars, conditioner, bars. Would you be into it? Wow, that is really genius. Yes, I would totally be into that. I really would. I don't know how you can do it with the conditioner without, unless you melt it down. Yeah, I, I feel like don't look too close at what it is actually made of, which is scary. Um, but people are doing it all of a sudden. I, We're getting tons I, of I, press releases the, for- The only reason why it would be a little challenging now that I'm doing the mechanics in my head is because with textured hair, we don't like to meshle our right. hair. When you when you, when you use it, you're meshling, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. meshle it, uh, and I don't know if I'm making that word up because I make that word up. <laughs> That's what you should ask me, how many words I've made up. Um, make up words all the time. <laughs> like logicify, that's a good one. Um, mm. But um, meshling with soap is not good for our hair. 
So mm-hmm. you have to like in your hand and then so uh, I don't know how it would be for our hair. That's the only thing. I don't know, but it sounds like a great concept. It really does. Sounds like a great concept and maybe something that Muse should move into to worry about this for textured hair because this does not seem to be applying for everybody, which is a no-go from our books. All right. Um, What animal are you most like, Kai Wright? What animal? Ooh, I might be like a... Ooh, the buildup. I may be like I would. Ooh, I, I think of like a lion. I would think like a a, a, a chow chow. Yes. <laughs> a little feisty. Mm. <laughs> I could be a poodle because I'm smart. <laughs> so I feels, I'm a lion because I'm brave. I'm courageous. You know, I'm confident. Um, you know, and I'm the, you know I take care of people. You know what I mean? So. I would say a lion too. <laughs> okay. All right. We are beauty junkies, hair obsessed on this podcast. So we want to hear about product. What is one product, just one product that you yourself cannot live without? Tancho stick. Go uh, on. The Tancho stick for me is probably one of my favorite products. Huh? Look, I can right at my fingertips too. Yes. Because it's yes. so great it, and it's look all messed up because I it's all beat up. But this Tancho stick is a great product because I use it for look, I got so many of them. Uh-huh. Because I, I sell it, I use it, I love it. And it's a Japanese um wax stick. And what I love about it is you know, it's multi-useful. I use it to blend the regular, like black girls when they wear weave, to blend mm-hmm. with a flat iron into the tracks because it melts the hair down good. I use it for spiking and texture. You could use it to- I was going to say, I'm, I'm into this. Hair. This is everything and it's multi-useful. It's great for flyaways when I'm working on set, blending mm-hmm. the tracks with the weave hair, um, uh, spiking like i said it's 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 just a multi-useful product so the tancho stick all right well we might be dropping a link in the show notes to that as well yeah. Yeah. uh what what is a little bit of advice that you've got for our listeners who want to get to the top of our industry so beauty pros estheticians hairstylists colorists like braiders anybody who's listening right now what do they need to do to be on top like you well you know, I think that's one of the questions I asked in my book. Do you have the mm-hmm. right way? Because, you know, and that's something you really have to ask yourself. And I even give you a little quiz in here to just ask, ask yourself those questions. Because mm-hmm. with becoming as successful as I've become, it came with a lot of sacrifice. I don't have children either. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I hadn't had kids yet. So, you know, that was a big sacrifice because it takes a lot of traveling. You're on the road, that whole thing. So one you have to ask yourself and you don't have to be a celebrity stylist in California or in any of the major cities, wherever city you are, you can be a star. So you have to first narrow in on what is your niche? What are you best at? What do you love first? Then figure out what is your niche? Because you got to be great at something, especially with the Internet. It's just crowded with information and all those things and the things and the things is so much. So you have to stand out in all this noise. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do first, 
you need to be, you, you need to first, you need to study and you need to find someone you can mentor under so that you can find out what is your niche. Let's go back some, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? First, you got to have the desire. Then you need to go and mentor, mentee under someone who's mm-hmm. better than you, who you admire, who you want to. Be. I have people that reach out to me all the time that just want to work for me. And the ones that are most persistent, those are the ones that typically end up working with me. You know, mm-hmm. because I know they want to be there. I know they're, and you have to have a lot of resilience because I work with a lot of boss women. So they're mm-hmm. a little bit more picky. They're a little bit more specific. You have mm-hmm. to also understand customer service. I live in, I work in Beverly Hills. So I put myself in an environment where I attract certain people so that I don't have to work so hard. Why am I going to work out of my uh, basement or out of my you know house, which is going to then change the whole dynamic of how my business is going. So you mm-hmm. want to then treat yourself being a hairstylist like a business. This is a career. This is serious. So if you want to do hair in the home, if you want to go just do house calls all day, that changes the dynamics of your business. So, you know, I like stability. I like, you know, when you come in, you know where you're coming. You know that, you know, you want wine, champagne, you know, you need us to order you some food. Like these are the things that how I cater to my clientele. And I think that you have to understand where you want to be. So Mm. first off, like I said, find your niche. I mean, find your mentor, narrow down what your niche is. Uh, You definitely got to be passionate about this game. Mm -hmm. And the reason why you want to work under someone is so that you can discover what you're good at. Me personally, I'm good at a lot of things. Because I've had a very extensive career. I started in New York where we was doing relaxers and doobie wraps and all that stuff. Then I moved to, I'm sorry, I started in D.C. with the crunch curls and all of that and, you know, salt and pepper and all of that. Then I moved to New York and I was doing this and then L.A. So my career naturally evolved, which made me a better stylist. Then I went to work in a white salon because I wanted to know how to round brush. How did I get that look? Mm-hmm. That so you know, being able to just delve into different worlds, you really have to be flexible. You know what I mean, and open-minded. You know what I mean. So those are the things that I think. It was a long-winded question, but <laughs> no, that was the opposite of a quick take. But we'll take literally all of it, Kaya. That was incredible, um, and that's what our listeners are here for. They want the advice, uh, and who better than to hear it from you? Where can everybody find you one last time before we say goodbye? You can start with KayaWright.com because you can get a little bit of everything. Let's go there. Yep. <laughs> and you can go to, um, but you got to follow me on Instagram, KayaWright number one. And you can check out my hair stuff over at uh, Muse Hair Beauty. And I got a YouTube page too. <laughs> go subscribe, y'all. Amazing. All right, Kaya, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the Volume Up podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Ah, I mean, what an incredible interview. Like, I, I'm still in shock about sort of what it is that she's done and how humble she is about the incredible. I mean, like, the Agreed. Tyra era alone, but then there was, like, the Diddy bad boy era before that and, like, what she's doing now. I mean, again, Kaya is a force of nature. Congrats to her. Um, we are so happy to show up on the podcast. Check out her book. It's in the show notes. And, yeah, make sure you're following her. Stay up to, to date on what she's up to. Thanks to Kaya for joining us today. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. Hey.